Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You work for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? It's Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, El Conservador, Mr. Call Screener, Richie V, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, right here 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden, New York City, and it's Martin Luther King Day. And one of my favorite quotes from Martin Luther King is, let no man put you so low that you hate him. Let no man put you so low that you hate him. And that's the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. And it's a great, great quote because... That's what we saw over the weekend. We saw some hatred. We saw some hate crimes. We saw some terrorism. Plus, we're going to get into a little bit from my guy, El Trompito, Donaldus Magnus, the 45th president of these United States. He had a rally in Arizona. We're going to get some coverage of that. And crime. Crime is really out of control. So we're going to talk about that as well. But I want to jump into this stuff with this Texas synagogue shooting. There was a synagogue doing a live stream, and the rabbi gets taken hostage with uh, three other people in the congregation, and he spoke out over the weekend. I want you to hear exactly what he had to say. Well, it, w- it was terrifying. It was overwhelming. Uh, and we're still processing. It's, uh, it's been a lot. It's, um, it's, it's completely overwhelming. Of course it's overwhelming. This is what happened over the weekend. We have this guy. Now, mind you, the FBI originally tried to say that this was not terrorism. It wasn't domestic terrorism. It wasn't uh, a hate crime. They tried to kind of cover it up and the media, tried to kind of uh, backpedal from the story. But that didn't happen, thankfully, because there was a lot of coverage on it and a lot of people were pushing it out there for exactly what it is. But uh, Fox News has a headline. Texas synagogue hostage crisis is a terrorism related matter, says the FBI. Hostage crisis occurred at the congregation of Beth Israel in Colleyville, Texas. Now, Malik Faisal Akram, he's a British national who was killed on Saturday night after allegedly taking four people hostage inside a Texas synagogue. He spoke repeatedly about a convicted terrorist during negotiations with law enforcement. And this is according to an FBI statement from Fox News. The statement, which was released late Sunday, does not identify the terrorist serving an 86-year prison sentence in the United States on terrorism charges but may shed some light on a possible motive for the attack. Akram could be heard on a Facebook live stream demanding the release of Aifa Siddiqui, a Pakistani neuroscientist suspected of having ties to al-Qaeda, who was convicted of trying to kill U.S. Army officers in Afghanistan. Here's a quote from the FBI. This is a terrorism-related matter in which the Jewish community was targeted and is being investigated by the Joint Terrorism Task Force according to the FBI statement. The Associated Press pointed out that Siddiqui is serving her sentence in Fort Worth. Colleyville is about 15 miles northeast of that city. The hostage crisis occurred at the congregation of Beth Israel in Colleyville 
on Saturday and ended uh, around 9 p.m. Police did not say who shot Akram and said the incident was under investigation. Then late on Sunday, there was more of an investigation announcing that two teenagers were in custody in connection with the standoff and they were arrested in England. The Greater Manchester Police tweeted that the counterterrorism officers had made the arrests but did not say where the pair faced any charges. Now, Breitbart is reporting that the brother of Malik Faisal Akram, who's a UK citizen, is speaking out. Gulbar Akram, he's the brother of the terrorist, he took four hostages over the weekend, is saying that his brother had a criminal record in some of the comments that he's making to the UK media. Now, this raises questions about how was he even allowed into the United States? According to uh, Insman Rashid from North England, he's the correspondent for Sky News that interviewed him. Gulbar Akram, the brother, said that he was known to the police. He's got a criminal record. How was he even allowed to get a visa and acquire a gun? Malik Faisal Akram, formerly of the Blackburn area of Lancashire, is reported to have traveled to the U.S. around two weeks ago into New York's JFK airport before traveling to Texas. In a previous statement, Gulbar claimed that his brother suffered from mental health issues. Akram was shot dead after that 11-hour standoff that we just talked about, according uh, to the report from the FBI, and following the release of four hostages. During the hostage situation, he was heard calling for the release of al-Qaeda and linked uh, officials like that Pakistani doc. Quote, may the Almighty forgive all his sins and bless him with the highest ranks of paradise. May Allah give strength and patience to his loved ones in dealing with their loss. And that was actually a quote from a local mosque that then apologized for being so sympathetic because they used a regular template, according to what they said in their statement. We apologize for any upset or offense caused to those directly and indirectly affected by the incident, especially the Jewish community in Texas. This was unintentional and our thoughts are all with them. What they mean is unintentional on their behalf, not that the attack was unintentional. Of course, they also went on to say that after they were called out on it, that They totally condemn any threats or attacks on innocent people, quote unquote, and that they stand in solidarity with the people of this attack and of all faiths. Now, this isn't the only place that we see crime on the rise. There's crime on the rise in a lot of places. New York City is not the least of which. And we're going to get into some of that stuff later with these uh, crazy subway attacks in Los Angeles, crazy subway attacks in New York City. But we wouldn't even know about this story if it was underreported the way it was initially on, on over the weekend where they were saying that there was an incident, there was this, there was that. Now we know that there were hostages taken. And we probably wouldn't have known all these details because the media is very reluctant to report on things like this because I think there's an anti-Semitic, an anti-Jewish rift within the media. Now people say, well, how is that, Rich? Because there's so many Jews in the media. Be that as it may, there's a lot of Jews that don't like the Zionist movement. So you might maybe make the argument that it's an anti-Zionist movement, maybe not an anti-Semitic movement, but I think you're splitting hairs. And that's a distinction without a difference in many ways. Now, some people will argue that, no, 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 that's exactly what it is. It's incredibly different. And that's an argument you can have if you want to have it. The mere existence of the Jewish state, Israel, is just that, the Jewish state. If you don't support the Jewish state and you don't support Jews being allowed to have a homeland, I think you fall into the category of anti-Semite. And you ascribe to anti-Semitism. That's how I see it. It's pretty black and white for me. But I know there's a lot of nuance to a lot of people out there who want to uh, talk about heritage and this and that and other things. And that's fine. But I believe it's important to just be fair. 
Well, well, well. As this was developing, this story that now we have some of the details on, the media couldn't wait, including the attorney general jumping on MSNBC. And I'm talking about the attorney general from Michigan who wanted to get on there and toot her own horn about some of her accomplishments, not the least of which was taking shots at white supremacists. Now, of course, that's a typical talking point. Nobody really likes white supremacists. (laughs) I think that kind of goes without saying. But she goes out there, and before knowing that this was a Al-Qaeda-related terrorist attack perpetuated by someone that was a radical Islamist, she was saying that this was likely, although she didn't know, likely perpetuated by white supremacists. Check this out. He was asking to speak with his sister. We do know this is an ongoing hostage situation. The White House is monitoring as well. This has been elevated to a federal level. Um, as you watch this thing unfold, what are your biggest concerns? Well, my biggest concern, uh, hearing that it's at a synagogue, is that this is um, someone who's intent on um, committing hate crimes and an act of domestic terrorism. And it's not just uh, a random person who wandered into a synagogue. Now, we don't know that for certain, but... We have seen an incredible rise uh, in rhetoric that is anti-Semitic being trafficked all around the country. And in the case of of Michigan, that is why I established the first hate crimes and domestic terrorism unit anywhere in the state, one of the first in the country, because we were seeing an exponential rise in hate crimes and an exponential rise in the formation and the membership of these extremist organizations, many of which are white supremacy organizations, and they traffic Uh, and hatred against Jews and other minorities. And so it's a a considerable issue. When I took office, I met with the White House. Now, before she goes on, when she took office, she met with the White House. She's going to continue. I'll let her finish. But I want to jump in here because right away, it's the attack on the white supremacists. If you remember, when Joe Biden unveiled his campaign for president, Joe El Baboso Biden, one of the premier aspects and planks in his platform was his first commercial with a bunch of white supremacists that we now know are probably Democrat operatives that we saw come out and uh, reenact the, the, the whole tiki torch holding thing, you know, screaming, the Jews will not replace us, right? Right, these Nazis, which are probably fake Nazis at that. But benefit of the doubt, these same guys that we saw, you know, outside of the Glenn Youngkin campaign bus to try and make it look like white supremacists were supporting Glenn Youngkin, which we then found out these were all Democrat operatives trying to smear him. She goes on to say that this is that and this is this. Now, is she giving cover to the radical Islamists that are actually perpetuating these crimes? Or is she just ignorant? And I'm talking about Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel, who's on MSNBC this weekend that you just heard. And the reason I ask is because there's a lot of these attacks that are perpetuated by other groups. You've got hate crimes all over New York City. You had some hate crimes uh, a couple of years ago. There was a shooting, or was it last year, maybe the year before, in Jersey City, New Jersey, where they tried to shoot up a school and a synagogue. And these were black Israelites. They weren't white supremacists. It was, you know, a polar opposite. So I can't help but think, why would someone who's supposed to be charged with gathering the facts and being the chief law enforcement officer of the state of Michigan be so flippant about this and say that it's, it's Nazi, white, uh, white supremacist, that type of thing? I can't. I just I can't explain it, because when you look at the headlines, I don't see this being the number one case, yet the FBI continually says the biggest threat is, you know, the white supremacists. So I don't know. You let me know if I'm right or wrong on this. I just haven't seen this white supremacist threat um, in my lifetime. But you let me know. I'm at Rich Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all the social media. But let's let her finish what she's saying. And I told them that one of my biggest concerns about my state 
was these uh, escalating threats against these communities, uh, and especially the Jewish community in uh, in the state of Michigan and, frankly, all around the United States. So if it does turn out that that is the motivating factor here, it would hardly be a surprise. It would hardly be a surprise to me <laughs> that she did this, but sadly she did. Now, as we know now from, um, you know, just waiting an hour or two from where she, when she made this comment, the guy was killed. We know that not only was he a radical Islamist, but he was trying to free or negotiate for the release of an Al-Qaeda-related doctor from Pakistan. So as more details come on that, we're going to get to it. But El Trompito Donaldus Magnus, he had this rally this weekend, and I want to play some of the audio uh, bits that we've got from it because, like as always, he always impresses. He always does a great job. He's very entertaining, very informative, and he's always on top of his game. And we're going to get to that, plus some of the crime that's happening in New York City. So don't move a muscle straight ahead. We'll have that and a whole lot more. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America. He's brown, he's bald, and he's breaking it down. This is America with Rich Valdez. What's up, America? Welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And we were just talking about El Trumpito, then Aldous Magnus, the 45th president of these United States, President Trump. And yes, he did have a rally this weekend. He was down in Florence, Arizona. And like usual, President Trump had plenty to say. Of course, uh, huge amounts of people, huge, huge amounts of people, right? I think Trump had something like 20,000 people that were in attendance at the event and turned away several thousand people because they had only allotted space for X amount, 20,000. So great turnout like usual. Trump never disappoints, and at least in my opinion. You, you can find a lot of people that say that Trump disappoints plenty. But very interesting stuff. He talked about lots of different topics, about critical race theory in schools, how they're pushing the uh, race narrative, how they're using the race narrative to actually segregate COVID treatment Right. Saying that if you're black or Hispanic, that you should have preferential treatment over any other race in your covid treatment. So now the it used to be the, the virus was racist. Now our treatment is racist. I mean, I think this is just so out of hand, but this is exactly what's happening. And uh, New York City's piloting that program right now. And that's what uh, part of what Trump was talking about in this following clip. I want you to listen to exactly what El Trumpito had to say. Listen to this. In America, we're witnessing cruelties that can be scarcely and believed. They can't be believed. 
The left is now rationing life-saving therapeutics based on race, discriminating against and denigrating, just denigrating white people to determine who lives and who dies. If you're white, you don't get the vaccine, or if you're white, you don't get therapeutics. It's unbelievable to think this. And nobody wants this. Black people don't want it. White people don't want it. Nobody wants it. It's not even believable. You saw this a week ago where it came out. Nobody. Now, I just want to jump in here because while they're cheering, I'm looking over his shoulder at the video I'm watching, Florence, Arizona, and you've got a bunch of guys wearing Blacks for Trump's T-shirts on. Blacks for Trump. And uh, they're there with their arms in the air cheering, yay, right? Because they agree with President Trump, the white guy with the red MAGA hat or what some have called the new KKK hood. I mean, the media's narratives and the narratives from the left couldn't be any more false. But let's jump back into this audio. Nobody can even believe it. They don't even talk about it and they don't want to talk about it because they know it doesn't work very well for them. But the Wall Street Journal described the practice race-based preferential COVID treatment. So that's what it is. You get it based on race. In fact, in New York State, if you're white, you have to go to the back of the line to get medical help. Think of it. If you're white, you go right to the back of the line. This race-based medicine is not only anti-American, it's government tyranny in the truest sense of the word. The Supreme Court should intervene, shut down this flagrant civil rights violation immediately. Somebody has to get it to the court immediately. I think Trump is 100% right. And that's not all that they're doing. But what's remarkable to me is that not only are the Democrats trying to issue and impose these rationing uh, ideas on the general public, but they're hypocritical on so many issues. They say one thing and they mean another. And trust me, that's why El Trompito slammed them for their hypocrisy as well. Listen to this. The Democrat Party's excuse to justify an unprecedented assault on American civil rights and liberties, appalling persecution of political prisoners. What's happening to those people in those jails? What's happening to those people? And why aren't they doing it to Antifa and to Black Lives Matter and to many other left-leaning, to put it mildly, groups? But the blatant abuse of power to harass their political opponents is disgraceful. It's never happened to this extent. What they're doing to people, it's never happened to this extent. We had people trying to burn down our country, including federal buildings and courthouses and Washington, D.C., and uh, the church right opposite the White House and the White House itself. They stopped them. Secret Service does a great job, but they stopped them. And nothing happens to these people. We must protect our nation from these monsters that are using law enforcement for political retribution at the local, state, and federal level. And that's what's happening locally. You think you got out with, you think everything's fine, federal is good, and then all of a sudden, these horrible, corrupt people hit you on a local basis. Again, working with the federal. And again, Trump nails him when he says, and to many other left-leaning to put it mildly, groups, they use a blatant abuse of power to harass their political opponents, and it's disgraceful. 
Absolutely. Whether it's January 6th, whether it's turning a blind eye to the violence that's out there, to the crime that's in, in all of the major cities, which happen to be Democrat run. And I think that that's a part that, you know, the media kind of just doesn't want to talk about because they don't want it to be true. Right. They don't want to make this correlation or allow the correlation to be made that in large cities run by Democrats. There's a crime problem because then you could associate the crime with the Democrats. And we all know that the progressive pro-crime Democrats are the ones creating this. But the media seems to be, I don't know, woefully ignorant, you know, just holding out for for this to be happenstance, not the fact that there isn't a single Republican out there in a major city that's ruining everything. I think they're they're wishing upon a star. I don't know if it's going to happen. But two more quick ones from El Trompito because, you know, he says, you know what? Americans are done having their lives controlled by lunatic left-wing politicians. Check this out. That's great. Thank you very much. But Biden's trying to bully and intimidate people with his ridiculous, unscientific mandates because he and his entire administration have absolutely no idea what the hell is happening. And Big Pharma is making a fortune. Democrats are putting corporate profits over the rights of the American people. These corrupt, power-hungry lunatics need to hear us loud and clear. We are done having our lives controlled by politicians and Washington bureaucrats. But El Trompito wasn't done there. Not only did he blast Biden saying that America's health choices are none of Biden's business, but he went on to say the whole thing is fake, phony, fraud, fugazi. It's a bunch of bull. Listen to this. The big lie. Uh, the big lie. The big lie is a lot of bullshit. That's what it is. Because they're in the pocket of the radical left Democrats, the same people who are destroying our country and they're destroying our country. And you have no doubt about it. We've had more problems. We've had more destruction, I think, than five presidents put together in the last year. Now, they're always so quick to censor Trump, but they never, ever want to censor anybody else. Well, this weekend, I got to give kudos when it's done right to Twitter. Twitter decided to actually take a step in the right direction and ban the account linked to Iran's supreme leader, over the assassination threat. Now, this assassination threat was a video that went around last weekend or last week where Trump was being killed. It was a a mock-up. It was a dramatization of President Trump being assassinated and it was the Iranians that were responsible for it. So Twitter permanently suspended an account linked to Iran's supreme leader after it promoted a video depicting the assassination of former President Trump. The account referenced the account has been permanently suspended for violating a a ban on their evasion policy. And that's according to a Twitter spokesperson on Saturday talking about the account at Khamenei site. The social media giant also said that its top priority is keeping people safe and protecting the health of conversations on their platform. The account was linked to Supreme Leader Ayatollah Ali Khamenei posted this animated video of a drone last week targeting Trump as he was golfing near Mar-a-Lago, his resort in Florida. And it, this was, of course, in revenge to Trump striking Qasem Soleimani, their commander, who Trump killed and said, he died like a dog, right? <laughs> so the video is titled, Revenge is Definite, and a robot spots Trump playing golf, and then they call in this drone strike. So again, I give 
I try to be fair and give kudos where they're due. Twitter did the right thing, what they're supposed to do when you talk about assassinating a former American president, anyone, including Orange Man Bad, El Trompito, you got to do the right thing. Now, if they can only get all the rest of it right, we'd be going in the right direction. Now, straight ahead, I want to talk about crime. There's a bunch of issues related to crime, whether it's the crime that's going on in Los Angeles, crime in New York City, crime all over the place. So we're going to talk about a couple of those stories. And I mentioned in the last episode this crazy story out of Louisiana about a guy who thought he was Dexter and was dressed like Dexter from the TV show Dexter. And I wanted to add a little bit more color and a little bit of my own personal story of why I like Dexter. (laughs) So uh, keep it locked right there. Don't move a muscle. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. The 45th president, Donald Trump, thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good. Mr. Call Screener. Yeah. Oh, it's an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor is all yours. Conservative talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez. All right, welcome back, America. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, here with you for two more segments. And I wanted to get into this stuff that's going on with crime. And in the next segment, we'll talk about Dexter. And plus, I also wanted to talk a little bit about Kemalaitis and what's going on with the Democrats and how they're losing some of the support that they had with the African-American vote, with the Latino vote. So we're going to get into a little bit of that if I can find the article that I'm looking for. As I'm speaking, I'm diligently searching for this article, and I don't know that I'm finding it the way I want to. But I want to talk about crime, right? And there's this big issue with crime in New York City because a number of things have happened. You had a woman that was shoved onto the subway platform in New York City. Now, some are saying that they believe this is an Asian hate crime. Others are saying um, not so much. But this isn't the first time. There was another subway attack or train attack, I should say, with a uh, woman in Los Angeles, right outside of Union Station in Los Angeles, who was attacked, and now she just died. And that's a very sad report, but she was a nurse, and she was hospitalized on Thursday after being attacked by a homeless man near the train station. And her name's Sandra Shells. She was uh, in somewhat 60s, 70s. They didn't identify her age yet. But she worked at L.A. County uh, Medical Center, and it's been reported to the Los Angeles Times that she has, in fact, lost her life as a result of the injuries. She was attacked just after 5 a.m. at a bus stop outside of the Union Station train station and was struck in the head and fell to the ground. She was rushed to the hospital where she worked to undergo immediate brain surgery. A 48-year-old named Kerry Bell was arrested and booked on charges of attempted murder. They actually got this guy, Bell, sleeping right near where the attack occurred. His bail is set at $2 million. Now, that's not the only case of this happening. You also got a UCLA graduate student who was fatally stabbed while working at a high-end furniture store in Los Angeles. Brianna Kupfer, 24 years old, was alone and working at a Croft House furniture store when she was approached by an unknown male, also believed to be homeless, stabbed her right before fleeing through the back door, and then calmly walking away through the back alley, according to LAPD, who secured some security footage and put a photo out. This young lady was studying architectural design and worked at the furniture store as a design consultant. Just like the nurse that was killed, everybody said she was terrific. She was very nice. Now, this story in New York really um, hits home, A, because I'm a native New Yorker, but B, because this guy's an absolute looney tune. This one happened in Times Square. New York City subway psycho shoves a woman with no emotion as he 
timed the train's arrival, according to witnesses. He waited till the exact moment to shove this woman. She was um, a scientist or a doctor working on, um, I don't know what, I'll get into it in a minute, but Asian woman. They believe he did it because she was Asian. I don't know all the facts on that, but according to eyewitnesses, he waited until the train was just getting there in order to push her onto the tracks. The witness, Maria Kostweber, said she was standing just feet away when a homeless man, an ex-con, Simon Marshall, M-A-R-T-I-A-L, Marshall, showed no emotion as he shoved the victim, tragically, Alyssa Goh, 40-year-old woman, in front of the train on Saturday. This is in the New York Post, saying that Goh was about a foot and a half away from the end of the platform waiting for the train, and he was about three feet behind her. He pushed her at the same time the train was coming, like he timed it. He pushed her right in front of the train, and then she vanished as the train passed. She didn't see anything coming. She was facing the train. He had no expression. And this is according to the witness of Mr. Marshall. Now, there's another photo of this guy. He's on the cover of the New York Post, and he's got an ear-to-ear smile. And I saw one report unconfirmed at this time. But after his arrest, this guy says that he shoved this woman and said he did so because he is God. So you've got these crazies that think that they're God pushing people to their death on the subway, murdering people in Los Angeles, in New York City. And there's a trend. These people are all homeless. They're all psycho. And they're all being coddled. And they're on the street because of Democrats and their policies. I don't have to get on a soapbox here to tell you that during the days of Rudy Giuliani, this stuff didn't happen. I remember a time when you could be a Democrat and be tough on crime. But it seems now you have to be pro-crime in order to be a Democrat, in order to not get a challenge from AOC, All Out Crazy, and her squad. These are very sad times that we're living in. I got to tell you, when I was a kid, there were safety patrol groups on the train like Curtis Sliwa and the Guardian Angels. And there were others, guys like Bernard Goetz, who started packing heat on the subway because they didn't want to get robbed and killed. And he ended up shooting a bunch of people and killing somebody. And he got off because he did it in self-defense. And I think we're going to see so much more of that because it's clear that Democrats don't have the wherewithal to do the right thing, whether it's in Washington with Joe El Baboso Biden or whether it's in New York City or in Los Angeles with the rest of the Democrats that are at the helm of these mayors uh, positions. Crime is out of control and Democrats are MIA. I don't know. Tell me if I'm wrong. At Rich Valdez on all the social media at Rich Valdez with an S straight ahead. A little bit more on that Dexter story and a couple of more headlines from today. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. This is America. He's making podcasting great again. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And there's this story here in The Hill that I want to get to because I think it's an excellent depiction of what we're seeing. Right, you're seeing Democrats that are so weak on crime, so weak on the economy, so weak on border security, so weak on just about everything that matters to Americans, irrespective of your party. I, I don't care who's who and what's what. Right, if you're a Democrat, if you're a Republican, it really doesn't make a difference. But what does matter is that you're able to feed your family, that you can, you know, allow your kid to go play outside, that you're hopeful for the future. But sadly, that's not the case, and we have. Nobody to blame except Joe El Baboso Biden and all of his Democrat friends for allowing the radicals like AOC to take over because there were once some sane people in the Democrat Party. And it seems that's no longer the case. At least you couldn't tell by just watching the political landscape headline. U.S. shifted from Democratic preferences in 
in uh, 2021 to Republicans, according to Gallup poll. The political preferences amongst Americans shifted from Democrats to Republicans over the course of 2021. This is according to a new Gallup poll mirroring the popularity of President Biden, which continues to plummet. It's the lowest it's ever been. In the first quarter of last year, 49% of Americans said they identified as Democrat or Democrat-leaning independents, while 40% said they were a Republican or lean Republican slash independent at that same time. This marked the largest lead that Democrats had over the Republican Party since 2012. Not anymore. But over the course of the last year, the percentage of those identifying with the left is starting to decrease with more and more people beginning to align themselves with the right. I mean, this is obvious. If you've got one person that says, hey, we're going to put criminals in your neighborhood, crime is going to go up, you're going to get less stuff because we're going to have a problem with inflation, we're going to have a problem with the supply chain, we're not going to have contingencies in place, so you're not going to get your stuff, and there's going to be jobs available, but we're going to give you enough money to keep low-wage workers from actually taking these jobs, like, you know, 18, 19, 20, and we're going to promote illegal immigration so that they can take those jobs, and we're going to pay you to stay home until that money runs out. So in effect, putting their thumb on the scale, forcing employers to raise their wages because that's in effect what they're doing. And this is where they are now. So now Democrats have a drop of about 4% uh, falling to 45% while Republicans continue to increase their base, gaining one more percentage point, bringing them to 44% up until the first quarter of this year where now Republicans have the lead. Nobody to blame but the Democrats and their policies. And this is why people are committing crime all over the place because they're like, you know what? Who cares? We'll go in and do a smash and grab. We'll go in and take whatever we want. A couple of cool videos that I've shared on my Instagram, if you want to check it out, at Rich Valdez with an S at the end, where these bad guys are, you know, just taking as much clothes as they can from a department store, and they just walk outside, you know, disrespecting security, and anybody saying, hey, put that back, and they walk right into cops who are outside. Now, that's great for the cameras. It's great for those departments, for their PR, but that's not the case in real life. For every hundred of those people that are going in and doing that, maybe one of them are getting nabbed and they're doing it for the cameras, in my opinion, because once they're arrested, what happens? All right, they might get their clothes back and that's great, but these guys aren't prosecuted. They're out in about 90 minutes or an hour and they're able to do it again because they get a desk appearance ticket or as my buddy Curtis Lewis says, a disappearance ticket. And then they never show up again and they just they're back out in an hour or two to commit more crime. How does that work? How do we do things like that? We shouldn't be doing things like that. But sadly, that's where we are. Now, I want to share a little story with you. This is uh, off of the Democrat-Republican thing, but I'm just saying that's just the case with people becoming Republican. It's not because they love Republicans. It's because they see it as their only hope because crazy things are happening. Now, the story I want to tell you kind of goes hand in hand with this because I think there's more and more crazy crimes out there. But I can't blame every crime on Democrats, but I'm going to blame this one (laughs) only because I feel like it. This is a story about this TV show, Dexter. Right. And if you haven't seen it, quick synopsis is Dexter was a kid that saw his mom get murdered and then ends up becoming a murderer, a serial killer. But he covers it up because he was taught how to by his adoptive father, who was a cop. And he has this code that he lives by. And he's somehow this lovable, very beloved serial killer that nobody really knows he's a serial killer. And then when people find out, they still love him because he's such a heck of a guy because he never kills bad guys. He only kills murderers that fall through the cracks and that's part of his code. And it's a fantastic series. And I had never gotten into it before because my brother eight or nine years ago was like, Hey, you should check out this show, Dexter. It's terrific. 
And I was like, what's it about? And he told me just like I told you. And I was like, yeah, that sounds kind of crazy. I don't think I'm doing that. So I never did it. And then one time, like I caught it like a few minutes after it started on live TV. And I watched a few minutes and I guess I didn't get the few minutes prior to the commercial break. So I was kind of out of context. And I was like, you know what? I'm not following. I don't like it. And I didn't watch it until it came out on Hulu. And I said, you know what? Before I watched a new series that just came out, you know, a month or two ago, I'm going to catch up on all of the other um, seasons that were there. So I binge watched this for a couple of months and I shared that in the last episode of This Is America. But I did that and I, I became an instant fan. And I think you will, too, if you're into that type of, you know, crime drama type of stuff. And I always have to do something to kind of clear out my mind because there's so much of this crazy news out there. But here's one of those situations where art imitates life. And it's a headline in Fox. Chilling Dexter profile pic paints grim picture of man who owned a bus with a headless torso in it. The man that was taken into custody after a missing person investigation uncovered a woman's frozen torso had previously posted photos with guns, knives, and a fictional serial killer. Benjamin Beale, also known as Kelly Kirkpatrick, was taken into custody after a search warrant was executed on his property. Detectives say they followed an extension cord out of his back door leading to a padlocked retired school bus. Inside the bus that was kind of spray-painted with graffiti all over it in this really horrible-looking backyard was a freezer, and in the freezer were human remains. Now, in November of 21, the woman was his girlfriend. Her name is Darter. She was reported missing. Beale posted a photo with a sticker of the fictional serial killer Dexter Morgan on it in the popular Showtime, blah, blah, blah. That's boring. Now, in the first season of the show, Dexter hunts the ice truck killer who drains his victim's blood before keeping their bodies in a refrigerated truck. Other photos show Beale in a white disposable jumpsuit with goggles on holding a gun kind of like what Dexter wore when he was working in his lab. And he writes, steer the F clear if you know what's good. And that's part of what the caption reads in part. So they got Beale. He's on a $400,000 bond as they, of course, investigate what's going on and try to figure out how to get to the bottom of this. Now, when the cops originally interviewed this guy, Beale, he was like, oh, that's my girlfriend, but she disappeared. I haven't seen her. You know, she's kind of MIA. They keep investigating. They eventually find him. Now, his house is actually a meth lab. They also, during the search, found illegal weapons and court documents show that there were also hazardous materials present as a result of the meth lab. The crystals found in the home later tested positive for meth, according to an affidavit. Anyway, this guy's a total whack job, and I know that I, I didn't uh, do it justice the first time I talked about this story. I wanted to kind of get the, the, the nitty-gritty details that I just gave you because I thought it was... It was humorous, but, uh, you know, it's also sad that they found this woman chopped up and it's actually his girlfriend. <laughs> Bottom line was the guy was a super fan of Dexter and like tried to live it out. The things that people do when they're on drugs. I mean, if anybody should be worried about this, it should be those that know people that abuse methamphetamine, which explains why those Hunter Biden tapes are so crazy. Anyway, that's all I've got for today. Happy Martin Luther King Day. I am Rich Valdez. And remember, you got to stand for something because if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. So rise up, do something, say something, write a letter, hold a sign, help somebody in their campaign to win. Now's the time to do it. America needs you more now than she's ever needed you. Hasta la próxima. Until the next time, America. I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America.
like these, it's so important that we focus on the facts. I always tell you to focus on the facts. I think you hear that everywhere you go, and that's because facts are irrefutable. It's the bottom line. It's the real deal. And in times like this of uncertainty, we need to rely on the facts. I get my facts from JustFacts.com. That's F-A-C-T-S, JustFacts.com. Go to JustFacts.com and sign up for their newsletter. JustFacts.com forward slash rich. Just put my name in there and you'll get it for free. JustFacts.com slash rich.